The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey guys, thanks for downloading this special Kieran Khan edition of My Take Radio. Uh, we got the opportunity to do a live episode of My Take Radio at Kieran Khan 2016 at Pace University, uh, powered by the students and faculty of Ace House. Uh, we had a really good time. This isn't your regular show. It was an open format. We got to interact with some of the students and faculty to bring you guys a more condensed version of the show. Uh, I'd like to thank all the students and staff from Pace University for helping this be a great success. Even though we wrapped up episode 350 and we're going to be taking some time off for a couple of weeks, we had to share this special live episode of MTR recorded at Karen Con 2016. Enjoy, guys. What's going on, guys? We are doing a live episode of My Take Radio at Kieran Con 2016. I'm here with Danny from Royal Flush Magazine, who is joining me uh, this time around. Hey, guys. How's it going? So, usually, for those that aren't familiar, My Take Radio airs twice a week on RageWorks.net. Wednesday nights, we cover MMA and wrestling. Thursday, we cover gaming and entertainment. Uh, Usually, we broadcast from... 11 to 1, and we also stream live video on YouTube as well with audience participation either via call-in and um, on the chat room as well. For this show, we're going to do a little bit of gaming and a little entertainment in a short, condensed format, so we're going to do that, and I figure we start off with um, some of the gaming, and I figured I would ask Danny first what she's been playing and what she's pumped for. Oh god, no. I've hardly been playing anything, which is kind of sad. I've been addicted to Mitomo on the mobile Android version, and I just got the Kingdom Hearts game that was released. Yes. So, definitely looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3 if it ever gets released this century. We'll see about that. But that's what I've been playing. How about you? Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of uh, EA Sports UFC and uh, Pokémon Tournament. And also a little bit of Street Fighter V now that it's not broken. And, you know, that's been most taking up most of my time. Also did a little bit of the, the Assassin's Creed, the last one, the one that took place in England. What the hell is that called? Um, um, what is that one? 
called The Last Assassin's Creed. The one that you put. Unity? Unity, yeah, right. so I've been kind of... I thought there was two Assassin's Creed. Right, there's like a Unity. There's, there's, like, there's like an Assassin's Creed like once every year. Yeah, which this year, I think they announced they weren't going to do it. Yeah, they weren't going to do it. Yeah. I think they got tired of the of the cash grab for right. this one. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's super glitchy, like every time we release it. Exactly, yeah, and it's oversaturating. Don't want to get the whole Guitar Hero effect all over again with Assassin's Creed, which it was getting close to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny they did that with... Um, Rock band, they were going to do the uh, the crowdfunded. We can talk rapper. about rock band because <laughs> they went back on a lot of things that they promised that they were going to do. Well, they were supposed to do the crowdfunding for the PC version, and they ended up dropping the ball on that, which was obviously very upsetting for a lot of people. Did you want to get the PC version, or you were just strictly on console? I, I have it for both consoles. I was waiting for the online play, which they recently tweeted they never planned on doing. So, which is very sad for a lot of people that met most of their friends online and now can't play rock band. Yeah, I know people were extremely upset. I think they were they raised a fraction of what they wanted to raise to get the PC version made. People were really bent out of shape about it and. As someone who casually played it, I'd be a little annoyed if I contributed some money and the game didn't get made. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, and it was also a broken experience as well. So if anybody's playing it on the console, the leaderboards were glitchy, um, some of the gameplay calibration was awful, and they haven't fulfilled their promise of backfilling all of the past DLC as well. Well, the DLC was a big selling point. I remember when I announced it, and you were you were in the chat. We were everyone was really excited to use all their previous tracks on this new game, and nobody's been able to do it. Yeah, and I just saw that they tweeted for PAX East this weekend that they're going to do um, a big push for their Harmonics VR game that's also coming out. Well, it, it's funny, you know, with regards to the VR, we did the HTC VR demo, and you know, at your recommendation, I did it, and I got to say that I was sold on the VR gaming concept. I think that if implemented right, it'll be very it'll be very good for gamers to have a new experience. I just feel that the cost of entry right now is a little... It's very steep. It, it's it's, it's steep. extremely steep. It's $700 for something where you need to have the space for it. You cannot have that in a New York City apartment by any means. No, that's the, that's the toughest part with VR, I think. It's just the fact that you want the immersive experience, but you're stuck with you know, a closet for a bedroom and you're not going to be able to move around and play any games effectively. Like, we needed a lot of space for that demo when we did it. Yeah, and I told you to try out the HTC Vive because that's the only VR that I've seen that actually scans the room that you're in. So, it's able to tell you within the game, hey, you're getting close to a wall, you may want to move the other way. Um, I've played with Oculus. Oculus, I've only seen people sit down and move their heads up and around. This was the first immersive VR experience. I think it was a lot more immersive than what we did with um, Samsung when they had their their yeah. Gear VR. Which is based off of the Oculus as yep. well. So every, everyone that's touting VR is touting Oculus VR. Um, the Vive is different in that they work closely with Steam, so we'll see a lot of Steam content, and it's running off of Steam as well. I mean, you know, the $700 price point, it goes back to when... You know, next gen consoles came out and they were five, six hundred bucks a clip, seven hundred bucks a clip. Now, you know, with VR being introduced to the PlayStation, I know that they're going to do a PlayStation 4.5, which is going to have 
VR capabilities in there, plus the VR bundle for PlayStation is already on sale. Yeah, I haven't tried the PlayStation VR, but that also has motion. They're, they're on controllers as well. Yeah, I mean, the problem is the, the pre-orders for that are already available, and I know people that are jumping in without any sort of real hands-on experience. Most of the people are like, yeah, I'm sold on it. I'm like, you're sold on something that you saw on a tech demo that's 400 bucks, and you still need the console to play it as well. So that experience, at the end of the day, is still going to run you $700 like it did with the HTC experience. Yeah, it's definitely... It, it'll be interesting. We'll see come E3 what the, the future of VR will actually be. And once consumers actually get it, and it's not just tech reviewers and game reviewers and your Kotakus, your Polygons and stuff, we'll see really what the, what the masses have to say. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the things that Nintendo unveils with this new console is some sort of a VR experience so they can be the first to have it bundled in. We'll see, because the Kinect was a great experience in that as well. Yeah, the, the Kinect, the, um, the PlayStation camera. The Move, yeah. yeah we, it, the consumers don't like Kinects, and it's clear. So we'll see how that goes. I bought the Kinect on the 360. I played Fruit Ninja for three months, and then nothing. For how long each session? Half hour give or take, and then that was it. Yeah, that was it. Just half an hour of, of, of giant-sized Fruit Ninja on the consoles. Um, the thing is, it's all, all of the gimmicks actually end up adding stuff that you really don't need. Like, even for the consoles now, it's like, you can record TV shows, you can watch cable, you can do any sort of streaming you want on the console. At the end of the day, you're not going to need laptops, you're not going to need anything for the experience, which is good to some degree. We're getting more people streaming and we're getting more people creating content, but we're not going to need any of that ancillary stuff to do it. That's right. I think at the end of the day, the toughest part for any, any sort of experience like that is if you don't have the games to back it up. I know we were talking about Assassin's Creed earlier and they were cranking out a game every year and people lost interest or the quality of the games weren't as fluid. Plus, they were just using errors that people really didn't care about. Like, everybody wanted Feudal Japan, people wanted ninjas, um, you know, people wanted those elements that you can do more. I mean, you know, going into England was kind of cool because they re they recreated it so well, but, I, I mean, did, really, did people really care? I mean, in terms of gameplay, it was great. I just felt that the experience was eh. Yeah, I stopped playing after Brotherhood. Um, yes. It, the, Brotherhood was Brotherhood the best. Was it went with this overall story arc, and once they started deviating from that, I saw, what's the point? Well, when they did three and they came into, into the U.S., and they were doing, you know, you had the Native American assassin, and, well, you know, I really liked that they started going in a direction where it's like, oh, you know, this guy looks cool, and it's here in the States, and there were a lot of historical events you could be part of. I felt that they did a great job with it, but after that, they kind of, the story, the story lost any narrative that made people want to play it. That was the big problem, at least for me. Yeah, that was my problem as well. The once the and you stopped the brotherhood. Sense, yeah, once the story doesn't make sense, what's the point in continuing the saga year after year after year? And plus, the games are getting expensive as well. Yeah, you know, you know what the worst part is. At you're buying a game at sixty bucks, 
and then they try to lure you in with the DLC, then they try to lure you in with the pre-order, and before you know it, that $60 game just became an $80 game because you wanted the DLC or you wanted the package. How about the fancy statues that go along with it, the limited editions? Well, here, here's a, a funny thing with that. The Street Fighter V is a great example. They put out a limited edition, came with a statue, whole bunch of stuff, 100 bucks. I waited four weeks, five weeks after the release, Amazon dropped the collector's edition down to the retail price of the regular edition. So I ended up just selling selling the regular Street Fighter V for 40 bucks and, and buying, the, uh, buying the one with the statue and all the stuff. And, you know, that's, that's the problem. People go, they spend... I mean, the Halo was a great example. When they did the Master Chief helmet, everybody went crazy to buy the Master Chief helmet. And a year later... The, the game with the helmet was the same price as a regular copy. Yeah, I don't. I never understand the hype for getting games. Do you guys get games before? Boy for the uh, uh, Hit Boy for Fallout Four, like that completely sold out. Yeah. I'm sure people are going to start selling that, and that's going to go down in price. Yeah, but like, Hit Boy is iconic. Like, well, yeah, but the Master Chief's helmet is iconic. Master Chief's helmet is, but Master Chief's helmet is so easy to recreate that there was no purpose in buying it because all it did was cover your games when you can just go online, find some files, print them out, and you can piece together your own custom home. Yeah, but we're talking about yeah. like the lazy consumer. So, like, the ones that don't want to put the effort. You know? about the person who, like, Maybe it's an as crafty as like the next person. Well, you could put the helmet on your cat. Right. <laughs> or your dog. And maybe the next YouTube People did sensation. modify it after they bought it. Um, Gears of War, they still sell Lancers from. Oh, games. yeah, they do. Lancers yeah, are huge with Gears of War. Yeah. Um, upcoming games that are selling stuff. Like um, Black Ops, um, Call of Duty games, they always release some crazy chest. game set. They did the drone. They did the drone the one year. Um, Black Ops 1 had the, um, or one of them had the night vision goggles. I think the night vision goggles was the the coolest packing because it was, it it legitimately worked and you were dealing with uh, an item that to buy in a regular store, people would think that you're either a terrorist right. or, or something was wrong with you. If you walk in, you're like, hey, I'd like to buy some night vision goggles. They'd be like, hey, are you serious? <laughs> Blackouts 2 was crazy. They made just this huge chest. I mean, you know, I, I think that the problem is, and I've talked about this before on previous shows, they would they test the waters. They go, we're going to give you a $50 game and 10 bucks of DLC, and we'll see if it sells. Now we're going to give you a $60 game, 20 bucks of DLC, and then people buy it, and that's yeah, what ends up happening. And I know a couple of people in the industry that said, hey, we do it because you guys keep buying it. So yep. seriously, stop, stop buying it, please. <laughs> I, mean, the, I mean, the worst part is that... Well, I think it was Call of Duty that did a $40 season pass. Yes. So now you just paid 60 bucks for the game, 40 for the season pass. That's 100 out of the gate. And by the time all the stuff comes out, the game servers may not be as, as packed as they used to be for you to even enjoy the DLC. So that's another issue, too. Or you start, your attention deviates and you start playing a different game and totally forget that you had that season pass for that game that you were so obsessed with when it came out. Or the, the, the repeat offenders um, like Mortal Kombat where yes. you buy the season pass, you're really excited, you're getting all the characters as they come out, then 
come Black Friday, they go, hey, we're going to release an ultimate edition of all the stuff that you paid for, and it's going to be $20 less. Because yeah. that's, that's happening, too. I mean, well, then you also have certain games, like, for example, Hyrule Warriors. Right. They, they had a $20 season pass for that game, and it came with so much content. We still haven't even beaten all of it. <laughs> and we still play it. Like, but that's what it is. You want return on investment, and that's the thing, too. Yeah. You want that, and that's there, the. There are some companies that do the DLC in a really great and creative yeah. way. It's just Nintendo, Nintendo well, in general has been great. Yeah, yeah Nintendo yeah. in general is like off the table with anything negative. Like they're always doing everything right. They came yeah. out with their first mobile app. It's a hit. The yeah. Sultan Mitomo, awesome. We've been playing it all day. Hello, playing it as well right here. So yeah, <laughs> dude, we we need we to need trade. To. Yes, yeah. for sure. Nintendo's execution has always been really well done yeah. in, terms, in terms of games, Nintendo, and, I, and I've said this before, Nintendo's a great company in terms of giving you first-party support for first-party titles. They just can't lock it down for third-party, and they just can't yeah. lock it down for consoles. But they put out iconic first-party games. I mean, I said on, on a previous show that if they were smart, I mean, they jumped into the mobile space with Mitomo, but imagine if you could buy Super Mario 2 for a dollar. And play it on your mobile device. I mean, would you would you would you do it? Yeah, I wouldn't. Not not for Super Mario. Well, I mean, or 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 classic game. For classic games from their old backlog, would you pay to to be able to play them on the go? The reason they gave for not doing that was because smartphones really aren't. You know, the games weren't made with smartphones in mind. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have these old classic games, you always have not very great controls anyway. Well, you know what's funny when they did the. When they released the M- when PlayStation came out originally with the PSP, and you were able to mod it and download all the different games and play it on the system, I can go as far back. I had a Game Boy SP, and I modded it and downloaded uh, Street Fighter Two and played that on the Game Boy SP. The graphics were about as good as can be expected, but the experience. What I'm saying is, is that we're all pretty much mobile now, and as the hardware gets better. Nintendo's grasp on on handheld is kind of I don't want to say it's waning because they're still the top selling handheld, but you all we all have a, a portable gaming device on us at all times. Unless you're carrying around a DS at all times, yeah. you're gonna. Well, see, that, that, but that's what I mean. But the, the the split of time between you gaming on your DS and your phone, what would you say it is? It's even for you? For me, yeah. But I'm just one person. Yeah, one. it's even for me too. I yeah, play a lot more. I play a lot more on my DS than I yeah, do on my console. Yeah, I play yeah. more on my DS. Like, on my phone, I have like quick gaming sessions. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a few minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, easily digestible games. Yeah, easily digestible games are always key. That's why I was saying like like Super Mario or, you know, you're not going to play like Legends of Zelda or you're not going to play Metroid. Like playing Metroid on your phone, you're in the bathroom like this. But we also, we also cannot forget that Nintendo announced the NX. They did, they did. They, they've given us a lot of nuggets of information with regards to it and people are saying it's on par with, you know, PS4 and Xbox. And, you know, I want to I see it for myself. I just feel that... Nintendo didn't maximize what they had with the Wii U to the point where people really wanted to buy it. Like, you have an entire first-party catalog at your disposal, but you have a release schedule where you get one Nintendo game every six months, first-party. 
by the time it's all said and done, the year is over, maybe you bought one game for your system. Like, I didn't buy my Wii U till Splatoon came out, because I usually give myself five games before I buy a console. That way I know I'll be invested. So I waited, I got Splatoon, I picked up, uh, you know, Pokemon Tournament, uh, Smash, Mario Kart. So, you know, we had, we had a decent amount of titles to be able to do that. But initially, it was all, you know, chicken shoot, cooking mama, especially on the, on the original Wii. You know, just a lot of third-party shovelware that nobody wanted. Are you pl- are you playing any uh, Wii U stuff? I didn't even dip into that pool. Why? I have my 3DS. I'm good with that. I have my PS4 and my Xbox. Because primarily, you know me. I'm an Xbox girl through and through. Yeah, I... The DS has its pull for me. I can, for me, personally, the handheld gaming is kind of lost its luster because I have the phone with me at all times and the stuff that I end up playing is like uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest or you know stuff you can do in 5 or 10 minutes if you're sitting in a lobby or a waiting room so you know for me it's it's that more I I mean even some of the Uh, the beating trying to find something to appease my time on the subway Um, I think the only couple of games that I have tried through are um, Asphalt 8 and Vainglory, which is like a League of Legends for Nice. But some of them are also doing like full-blown like fighters, like my uncle showed me one, where like, I mean, it's a lot of games on your phone, but it was like an actual fighter, and you're like sitting there like clicking the different, I guess, push buttons, what have mm-hmm. you, and I think that's a fascinating thing, and then I mean, I know it's unofficial, but like the talks of like emulators on your phones that can play those past games and things like that, so... Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, as you know, Nintendo's always going to be nostalgic. It's always going to be iconic. But the thing is that as your phones get stronger, the batteries get bigger, the allure of carrying two devices with you is going to become less and less. So, I mean, you know, Mitomo, I think, is a way for them to test out to see what kind of a market they can get. And... I think we're going to start seeing them become more active on that platform, well, on all platforms, just because it's it's a bigger fan base. Like I said, if you put out Punch-Out for a dollar, it'll sell, and they'll make a, a bunch of money. We'll never get probably a new Punch-Out on another console. I mean, we might, but the odds are, are slim. We have a better shot, at least, if you put it on a, on a phone and you pay a buck for it, more people will jump in, I think. Yeah, I want to switch gears a little bit, jump into the entertainment side of things. Usually I dedicate time to both, but we are on a shorter schedule. So um, I did want to talk about the controversy that's going on with Scarlett Johansson and um, Ghost in the Shell, just because a lot of people are saying that the rumor that came out recently and Screen Crush reported on it was that they were actually testing out technology to make... Um, white actors look Asian which which boggled my mind and they confirmed that they tested it they were like yeah you know we tested it on one person not Scarlett Johansson but it was it was scary to, to hear that that instead of just casting people of, of that ethnicity you were going to spend money on software to make them look Asian it was it was scary. Yeah, and it's interesting to see on Twitter the Asian celebrities speaking out against this because 
they definitely want the work and would love to work on a project like this. And for studios to come out with technology like this, like it's on par with the um, blackface. Yep. Or or the, or even we can go to something super terrible, uh, live action Dragon Ball Z movie. Right. <laughs> not disgusting. Thing. Not not one not one Asian cast member. Yeah. Or Avatar the Last Airbender, how that went out. That was yeah, so there's been a history. You would think that studios would get the hint that this doesn't work. Yeah. Wait, Avatar Blue People or no, Avatar the Last Airbender? I saw that. That movie was terrible Oh God, Egypt too. Well, oh, God, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I watched that. I watched it recently, and um, it was I, the fact that somebody conned Chadwick Boseman to be in that movie, and the fact that he did it, did it willingly. It was. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you must have got an awesome paycheck for that because this was terrible. It, nothing about I, like he was the only uh, person of color in that entire. Like the, at least from the main cast that was on screen, and it was, it was it was scary to see that. And like I said, to see a company, a, a studio, be like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna Photoshop you Asian." Like I can just imagine a screen test and the actors there, and okay, we're gonna we're gonna tinge your color a little bit. I'm like, I'm like, how do how do you how do you do that? And you acknowledge it publicly, which is the scary part. Right. That would have been somewhere in the contract too. To say this is funny. Yeah, I mean, that your face would be altered. I mean, for for Haywire, which was um, had Gina Carano, a mixed martial artist, they doctored her voice for the role because they felt that her voice was too uh, too deep. Her voice was too deep. So when you watch the movie, you're hearing a voice that's not hers because they felt that her voice was like this versus what most leading ladies sound like. I mean, it is happening. But it's so small. But this is on such a larger scale. I just it just tripped me out when I saw it. And it's such an iconic franchise too. Like everyone that's into anime knows of Ghost in the Shell. Yep. Like how can you screw this up? Well, that's the scary part. I mean, the the Jungle Book, which is you know killing it in theaters. The little boy that looks like Mowgli in the in the in this movie looks like him. In the cartoon, I mean, you know, he's a, he's darker complexion. He, he looks close enough that it matches, and I just don't understand. In, in you know, in this day and age, when there's such a wealth of, of Asian American actors or actors of Asian descent, that you can't find people to fill those roles. It's insane. And just to like kind of like bring up another point, but then folks want to get up in arms and pissed because there's talks of the Black Hermione. So it's almost like you know what I mean, like the idea that like you won't represent cultures properly as how they appear, and then like of course like with Harry Potter, at least in media, it was always like you know that one actress I forget her name right now, but yeah. the fact that like you're switching it now, people are pissed. It's like how dare you? Like she's white, and so it's like okay, well then how dare you? Dragon Ball Z was for that Asians. <laughs> Yeah, they were. Well, here's a, here's a funny one for the, you know the new. There's a new Thor movie coming out, and um, an actress that was recently cast, Tessa Thompson, she was in Creed, and you know she's uh, I believe she's African American. Her complexion is probably a little darker than mine, and they're saying that she's going to play Valkyrie, which if you've read uh, any Thor books, is blonde haired. Blue-eyed, uh, similar to the, the uh, controversy when Idris Elba played Heimdall, and people just jumped on. Ah, how are you gonna make it? I'm like, listen, 
he, he, Heimdall is a great character, but he's not a character that's super on screen. So who cares? It's not it's not the worst thing in the world. And I mean, even for Valkyrie's character, again, you're, you, they made Asgard diverse in the movie. You know, you had you had you know in Sif's warriors, you had an Asian warrior. You had yeah. you know you had a, a mixture to make it look representative to everyone. I just don't understand, you know, the lengths that people are going to to segregate a, a demographic for for a film that comes from Japan. Right. <laughs> like, right. it's, it's counterproductive. I also wanted to talk about a, the controversy that's been going around with uh, the upcoming animated version of Batman's Killing Joke, which uh, recently got an R rating uh, to keep in line with the book. Uh, a lot of people are feeling that DC's animation division, which... I feel is knocking it out of the park with almost all their stuff. Uh, people were upset that they were willing to release a, this this film in that medium, in the animated medium, and that they're concerned that kids were going to pick this up because they've been picking up all the other DC cartoons. And I just go back to you know uh, a line my my friend says, which is "Wyk, watch your kids." Yeah. If, if you're a comic book fan, at least if you're seasoned, you know what the killing joke is all about. You know the subject matter, you know what's at play, and you know that you're not going to let your kids sit down and watch that unless they're of a certain age. Go ahead. It's like when Deadpool came out. Oh, man. Yeah. There were two kids behind me. I had... And Deadpool, oh. Ryan Reynolds was saying, like, this yeah. is not a kid's movie. Right. Like, not for sure. Yeah. How many kids did we have in the theater when we saw Deadpool? There was a lot. One of them was actually my co-worker brought his son. His son is seven years old. Well, <laughs> why are you bringing a seven-year-old to see Deadpool? You know what the problem is. You know that it's rated R, and, and if you know who Deadpool is, like, it's, he's very well, blunt and yeah, Well, you know what the problem is, too? You, you put out Spider-Man cartoons, you put out all these different cartoons, and Deadpool shows up. And he's wacky and over the top, but safe. So what happens is people don't do their due diligence either. So they figure, oh, Deadpool popped up in Spider-Man. My kid likes him. I'm going to go see it. But the big R that's under the poster should let you know <laughs> that it's bad. I mean, not even that. The posters leading up to the film's release, like his crotch is everywhere. Right. There's a lot. <laughs> like, like, you should get a clue. Like, the tagline Spawn came out. That was a big controversy. Parents didn't want anybody to see it because it was all demonic. Yep. They didn't want their kids to see it. And it was, as it was kind of a horrible movie as far as comic book movies, but it was ambitious for what it was at the time. Absolutely. Yes. And I think they did well with it with what they could with the technology and everything they had to work with. Them. Yep. And overall, I liked the movie, but I would definitely. I saw it, I snuck it to watch it, and I would definitely never bring my kid to watch a movie like it, even for now it's rating wouldn't be as bad as it was, oh, definitely but not. it's still, the subject material in it is bad enough that they don't need to be exposed to that. Well, it, it goes back to the to what I've said on, on previous shows. People like to let the medium raise their kids yes. instead of taking some time and doing it themselves. It's like... If you're aware that the film is rated R and you do your homework, then you know that as much as your kid wants to see it, eh, maybe you'll, I'll wait till you're a little older. It's no different than a kid walking in and badgering his parents to buy him GTA, and they say, how bad can this be? Well, uh, you know, hot coffee mod, 
controversy <laughs> that comes to mind. Um, you know, running running hookers over. You know, a, I didn't know the subject matter was in there. Well, it's kind of there. It's written like I worked at GameStop for four years. God bless you. <laughs> What's your worst story ever? Oh, I know it's a lot, but there's got to be one that shoots into your mind right now. Okay, so. Uh, I can't think of a specific one. Oh, I can think of two or three from when I walked into Toys R Us. Toys R Us? Yeah. What's, what's just one? Just for Just one. Oh, my God. Um, probably the uh, the kid that they caught stealing, and his parents came to pick him up, and he started screaming at the kid, this is what we put you through Catholic school for, you're stealing from a fucking Toys R Us. You know, you know, uh, it's, it's funny because when we, I worked in a, in a gaming and comic book store, and at the time we were selling, if you guys remember Night Trap on Sega CD, for those Oh my like, gosh, yes, that game is so awesome. <laughs> See? So, I, 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 I'm showing my age a little bit, it's alright. Oh, but, um, you know, the Sega CD came out, parent came in to buy their kid the system, $300 at the time, and... Yeah, and the kid was like, oh, I want to play Night Trap. I'm like, oh, you really shouldn't get that for your kid, you know. And the, and the girl was like, oh, no, it's fine. He's mature. A week later, I want to return this. My son can't play this. There's scantily clad women running around. And, and I said, I told you. And, you know, my boss was like, you opened it. And she was, she was livid. Because obviously you opened it, but again, you know, you were warned. We told you, like, hey, you know, the subject matter in here. And when you say, "Oh, my kid is mature," clearly not mature enough to see, you know, a scantily clad girl run across the screen with you in your kitchen. <laughs> not that mature, clearly. I mean, you know, it's just it's just crazy that people got up in arms about the the killing joke when Zack Snyder said for Batman and Superman that he's releasing an R-rated cut of the movie. So. I mean, I don't know how much that'll help it, but it's, it's... I have hope. I have some hope. I know, that movie was... Well, I gotta say this. You know, for, for all the missteps that, that DC has had, their animation division has been killing it. That's one of the things that they've been doing extremely well. Yeah, and even back in the day with the OG Batman series, that yeah. was awesome. Batman the Animated Series still te- stands the test of time now that you can watch it and it still looks just as good. The stories are just as close to the books. I mean, you know, Marvel's following suit with a lot of their TV product. Um, they announced that they're going to do a Cloak and Dagger uh, TV series. It's actually going to be on their Freeform channel, whatever the hell that is. Uh, <laughs> ABC Family. ABC Family. Yeah. Yeah, so, liars, man. Yo, <laughs> Don't act like that. Yeah. Agents of Shield, man. Agents of Shield. Well, here's the thing. Agents. Yeah, the only thing, the only, the only thing I gotta say about Agents of Shield is that when they're not completely handcuffed to the movies, they're a better show versus uh, 30 minutes of name dropping. Why you know. Seen this season? Why is that? Because of the story. Yeah, because they're trying to get people to watch the movies, so they're right. doing the movie tie-ins, which kind of screws up their overall arch. Right. Which is uh, kind of bad. And yeah, the season's I mean, been badly written as well. That's the thing too. I mean, when when if you saw Captain America: Winter Soldier, you know how it ended. You know, Shield was Hydra. That impacted the show. Changed. Spoiler alert, dude. 
That movie's old as hell. That That'd be all right. That was the place. Yeah, that was what made the show. Right, and then and then the show took that turn. Yeah. Now they're saying that it's going to be there's going to be some ramifications from Civil War that are going to come into the show as well. And again, it's good and bad in the sense that it's good that you're keeping a cohesive universe, and I don't mind the occasional name drop, but even for Cloak and Dagger, which is a great example, it's a, it, the, the subject matter for that show, is for that concept, and even for that book is dark, and to put it on a family network like Freeform, I'm sure is going to ruffle some feathers too. Uh, you haven't watched the shows on Freeform. They're not like Disney is not the way that you used to think in the past. I mean, you know, I think. Well, what are you watching on Freeform that I? Should I'm not watch? watching anything, but they they have a bunch of shows that are definitely different. Even ABC as a whole, they have like a, a family with a, going through a divorce and a kid that's coming out as well as being gay. So Disney is not. Like how you're thinking in your head, how they used to be. Yeah, because I remember that they were really, they really hang yeah, up a lot of stuff. Yeah, it used to be a big deal when um, I think there was another show, and it might have been on ABC Family, where um, they had a lesbian couple raising a kid, and that was big news back in the day. Yeah, it, you know what the thing is, and this is something that you know, it's a, it's a little broad, but I think that there is um, some people are selectively offended. Right. You know, like like you're not like like you're only offended half of the time. Like like something, uh, you know, like you won't be offended that you know you could watch a, a hate crime happen on your street. The first thing you'll do is this. <laughs> That's the first thing you'll do instead of oh my god, what's happening? But you know, show a butt at eight p.m. during a TV show and be like, oh, I can't, I can't believe that's happening. You know, and that's. Oh, I just, I just think of like, hey, a person could be offended because this person exists. I don't like you. Right. Because you exist. That's it. Yep. No, and that's and that's the, that, and that's a that's a that's a, a scary concept. And when it comes into medium mediums like movies and entertainment, where we have such such passionate individuals, I mean, uh, Danny uh, stopped by an episode and we were talking about the the Overwatch controversy because of the pose that the oh, character yeah. had. You know, a character had a pose that people felt was, quote-unquote, not uh, appropriate for the character. Well, there's also, like, the Suicide Squad controversy, where I feel strongly that Harley Quinn is overly sexualized in that movie. And that movie's not going to be all about Harley, but all the marketing is behind Harley, and they're trying to put her in the forefront. Well, here's the funny thing about that is that, you know, there's... Uh, a, a pretty lengthy list of, of situations where her character's sexuality has been used to move the character forward, um, whether it's her, her relationships with the Joker or her relationships with you know some of the other female characters in certain books. They've kind of gone in that direction, but they're trying to leverage that sex sells, and they're trying to use Margot Robbie as the selling point instead of using the fact that the Suicide Squad are on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people people are upset that Deadshot is black. I mean, he should be wearing a mask half of the time, but that's the, that should be the bigger the bigger issue that the guy doesn't even wear the mask half of the time because you got to show the actor. Yeah, I mean, we got to get to the point where we're not shocked that characters are being shifted. Like, I mean, he's now a black a character that used to be white is now black. You know what it is? I I always feel that if it's if it's changing the narrative in the books, like. Ultimate Marvel, when they had Nick Fury and he looked like Sam Jackson, 
when they cast Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, I'm like, well, it exists. It's established. And then they, they introduced uh, that Nick Fury into regular Marvel books as the son of white Nick Fury. You know, if I want to keep it split, you know, it was like, oh, he's the son of white Nick Fury. Okay, cool. But, you know, when they made Human Torch African-American in Fantastic Four, it was just because it was Tuesday and they were bored. Let's do something different. And I just felt that that hurt the movie. It hurt the actor. Because he's like, I'm just here doing my job trying to get a check. And they ended up just, just throwing that, that, that poor guy to the wolves in, in that capacity. In some cases, it's good, though, like in Blade's case. Yep. Blade was originally white when he was owned by Marvel and then he sold him to whoever they did. Yep. And New line. Then the movie, they changed him and they cast him great. They chose yeah. a great actor. He played out well. The character was wonderful. Yep. Sometimes it works, but sometimes you get these horrible mix-ups. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because for Blade, they're going to do, you know, he's been, Wesley Snipes has been talking to Marvel because the new Blade books, he's a father now and his daughter's the Slayer. So now that Wesley Snipes is a little older, you can use older Wesley Snipes, get a new young actress. Boom, continuity continues. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah the book concept was great. I think um, with that said, I want to just uh, toss it out and maybe see if you guys have any questions. Maybe hand out some prizes. <laughs> uh, and I mean, uh, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, in the last minute that we have. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the ever-expanding world of PC gaming? We have games coming out with such huge ambitions, like No Man's Sky that wants to make an infinite universe. Every planet has its own economy of everything. You want to start? Ladies first? I mean, No Man's Sky, it's going to come down to their AI. Like, the algorithm that they're going to come up with for generating those different universes, that's ultimately what's going to come up, come down to. PC gaming is never going to die, though. No. It's no. it's PC Master Race. It's always right. going to be around. <laughs> the consoles are always going to try to play catch up with them. So I don't think there's any real competition. What would be interesting is all the indies. So the announcements that will come out from PAX East next weekend... Those are what's going to get me excited about PC gaming. I think PC gaming falls into an interesting niche because what happens is that the requirements to enjoy games are becoming a little less stringent than in the old days where you needed to build an ultimate system. I mean, thanks to Steam, you can play some some decent stuff on on decent settings with minimal issue. I, I appreciate the ambitiousness of PC gaming because I feel that it forces consoles to step their game up and at the end of the day we benefit and that's what matters most because if you're paying a game you're paying $60 for a game on a PC and the game looks about as realistic as can be and the systems are equally as powerful it's going to force companies to work better and we benefit in the end yeah and we're no longer seeing like big gaming towers anymore we're yep. seeing like little small modules that you can piece together to make your ultimate gaming console. Yeah, the Steam, uh, their Steam box. The Steam yeah. box. So Razer cool. came out with um, their own modular thing, which is just a tablet that like you hook up to this huge rig and game on the go or game at home. Right. On top of that, you're also getting accessories that'll increase the processing power of your laptop anyway. So you'll be able to put an external video card. In a tower, Razer's doing that. You plug it in mm-hmm. to your PC, and you get a serious power boost, and it won't cost you a lot of money. So, 
it's it's a great time to be both piece of, be a gamer overall, just because everybody's competing now. And plus, Microsoft announced that they're going to do the cross-platform gaming as well. Finally, you can play on your Xbox against people on the PC as well. Yep. So we'll see how that plays out, but they definitely announced that. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, shooter, shooters, shooters is going to be a, in a bad way. But they both have their pros and cons. We're gonna we're gonna start seeing we're gonna start seeing some interesting stuff. I, you know, Sony's kind of been like, oh, you know, we'll we'll entertain it. But once that pool, once the floodgates are open, it's a matter of seeing who's better on which system. Mm-hmm. And I think they're gonna want to leverage that. You know, we have better PC game. You know, we have better first-person shooter gamers than than Sony does. You know, people want that. So, so I think we should wrap this up. Yep. So you guys just got to sit in on a live episode of My Take Radio. Thank you guys all for your participation. <laughs> Yes, you can find My Take Radio on RageWorks.net, which you can see above. Uh, we air live every Wednesday and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Wednesday nights we cover MMA and wrestling. Thursday nights we cover gaming and entertainment. We have a full live chat room. We take live calls. And we also stream video on YouTube and Twitch as well. Yeah, and you can find me in the chat rooms on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And... I'm also Danny from Royal Flush Magazine, and you can find me at rfmag.com and on Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. Yeah, we're on there as well, so feel free to look us up. If you're on Snapchat, hit us up. Rageworks on Snapchat. We're doing more stuff there, a lot more behind-the-scenes content, and uh, also on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we're rage underscore works. Thanks, guys. Thank you.